Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Brad from New Jersey. Thank you for all that you guys do. I listen to your show every day to and from work. If someone were considering joining KPP Financial and having you guys manage their money, what exactly happens? And provides unbiased answers. If someone comes aboard, our custodian that we use is TDM Airtrade. So if you are at some other custodian than that, we'd have to open up a new account and transfer your old account to the new account. But the object is to get you into the same position we have for ourselves, for all our clients in the particular program that you're in, because we want your performance to be exactly as my performance. Invest Talk, over 36 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, December 14, 2021. Of course, we're moving through the month pretty fast. I mean, what is it, mid month now? And then the year will end. So just remember, anything you can do to save some tax payments, you need to do in December. Now, of course, there's, you know, the 401ks and IRAs you can contribute up until, for this year, up until next April 15th. But, you know, tax loss selling is, is something you can do and you need to do it. So please take a look at that stuff for yourself. Um What's going on? Well, the Fed is meeting. We're going to know what they're going to say tomorrow, and I think that's what's bothering the market the last couple of days. What is the Federal Reserve going to say? What is Powell going to say when they get out of that meeting? Well, we're going to find out tomorrow. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. I don't think it's going to be anything dramatic, uh, and we'll see. They're not going to raise interest rates anytime soon, that's for sure. But they may say they might start looking at inflation. I mean, it's pretty high. Maybe they're going to find, are they going to wreck? They have been saying all along that it's temporary for all of this year. This whole year they've been saying it's just a temporary situation. Well, it's last a year, and it looks like it's going to go into next year. So at some point they're going to say, hmm, maybe it's not temporary. But it's not out of control either. It's what, 6%? Okay, that's high. We're used to two, two and a half, right? Two and a half percent. The long-term average is what? Three for the United States, and we're at six. So it's not 10, 12, and I don't think it's going there. And I think we've, we've seen the peak, but we'll, we'll know that as the months go on in the next year. Well, let's, we always start the podcast with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, that's we say that to try to – tell you, try to inform you that we're going to do this show as best we can with just the facts, without any bias. We'll explain as best we can. We don't have a lot of time to explain things, or we can't get into things very deeply, but we can look at things and give you some idea. But when we tell you about a stock, you still got to do some more work, because we're not looking at the balance sheets. We're not looking at competitors. We're just looking at that company. You know, at that, it's a snapshot of that company. So just remember that. 
I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you, encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. That's what this show is all about. You get to drive it wherever you want to go, and anything along the financial lines is fine with me. So you can call right now. You can drive it right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. That means we're live right this minute. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And as you know, we like to get right to it. So let's get to the first caller question, Jeffrey in El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I'm wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, Oklahoma Gas and Electric, ticker Oscar Golf Echo. I bought the dip back in late February. And I'm worried that uh, the rising rates and uh, the high inflation might hurt utilities. Uh, do you think it's time to sell and take the profits? I don't know. Did you buy it for the dividend? Uh, dividend and possible capital appreciation. Okay. So you've had a little bit of capital appreciation from February, it looks like. Yes. So you've had some capital appreciation. Uh, the dividend is 4.5% at this point. It's a $36.31 stock. OGE Energy Corp. provides electricity um, services to about a million, a little less than a million customers in Oklahoma and western Arkansas. Sales are, are rising. Um, that, yeah, I don't care about that too much because it's a utility. Utilities are very stable. So when I say stable, they don't get too excited. I mean, they don't go up tremendously, but they also don't all go down tremendously. The high for this stock in the last five or ten years is about forty-six. Okay, so it's probably not going to go above forty-six, and you're at thirty-six now. The average, it's right, it's kind of near the high of its average. Okay, price. So it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you took some profits off the table. Is it is it in a taxable account? Yes. Um, I was just wondering, since the one-year mark is coming up, whether I should wait for the full year or if it's too risky due to the uh, the inflation and the rising interest rates. Uh, I, I I think I would wait if I were in your shoes. When's a full year for you? February, March again. Uh, February, late February. I, I might not wait for the full year, but I think I'd wait at least till January 2nd. And that way, uh, the, any capital gains. Do you have any capital losses that you can apply to this capital gain if you took it? Uh, yes, I didn't follow your uh, your guidance on Chinese tech, so I have some. Well, then I would I would sell back and, and use my ta- tax losses, but I don't necessarily get out completely. I would probably sell back as much as I can to, uh, and sell my tax, do my tax loss selling so I don't have to pay any taxes and then wait till after the beginning of the year to sell the rest if you want to get out. But it is a very nice dividend payer, and it's something you could hold on to for a long term if you want to. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Appreciate it. My focus point today is based on the story... Should you own bonds when yields are so low? Bond yields we're talking about. Should you own them? You know, that's kind of an interesting question. Um, I can I can tell you off the bat, in most uh, older people's cases, yes. Most younger people's cases, no. Now, that's not what the article says. Doesn't even talk about age of people or anything like that. And we'll get into that. But for me, thinking about it, you know, you're, if you have lots of time, you don't need to be in bonds at this point. 
If you have lots of time before you retire, before you really need this money, before you can't afford to take any big losses, then you need to take risk. Now, you need to manage your risk, but we'll get into we'll get into the bond question when we get a chance. Also, I want to talk about, um, is the Fed behind the curve when it comes to inflation? Remember, they're meeting. We're going to find out tomorrow. But are they behind the curve already? And I will say this. Over history, and I've been watching the market for decades, over history, they usually are behind. <laughs> when you look back and see what they do when they do it. Usually, they are behind, usually. Uh, so, the market usually leads. The market is pretty, it seems to be pretty knowledgeable. Toyota, they're going to spend $70 billion to electrify their fleet. Surprisingly, though, they're not as bullish on electric cars as other manufacturers. And they're the world's largest car manufacturer. So, uh, we'll talk about that. And former Treasury Lawrence Summers says markets are at risk of spontaneous deflating. Huh. He thinks the market's at risk for spontaneous deflating. It's just, ta-da, today it's deflating. Gone down X percent. That's like the 1987 crash. Remember that? The market was down 20% in one day. But, you know, the market was down all month before that happened. Did you know that? Not a lot, but just weakened and weakened and weakened. And there were specific reasons. Um, but we'll, we'll, those are the things we can talk about. Of course, you come first. Okay, so whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. Uh, my trivia question today concerns how to be a smart candidate when you go when going after the job you want. Okay, how to be smart about that. So that's going to be my trivia question. Okay, the market today, Dow was down 107. The NASDAQ down 175, and the S&P down 35. So it was a big, uh, wasn't a big down day, but another down day. I wouldn't, shouldn't be surprised with the Fed coming out, the meeting today, and they're coming out tomorrow with their announcement of what they're going to do. The market doesn't like uncertainty, and you know that if you've listened to the show for any length of time. Anytime the market feels uncertain, it's going to go down. It likes certainty, right? So, of course, the market deals with something that is extremely uncertain. That's corporate profits and economies and uh, you know, things from left field like a coronavirus. I mean, market deals with things that with the environment they're in, it is totally uncertain, but the market loves certainty and doesn't like uncertainty. This, I, I, you know, the problem with this whole stock market growing your portfolio and all that other crap. The problem is, it's a, it's something that's a completely different language than what you're probably used to, and it's hard. The language is never clear. It changes, definitions change, circumstances change, so it's very difficult to learn all the ins and outs. But you can do it. You don't. You can simplify it for yourself. You can. Don't ever think you can't. You can. Okay? We're moving into a break, but here's a quick reminder. If you missed our recent wealth webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, which, of course, we are dealing with, you can watch it for free. Start at investtalk.com, click on the webinar, or go to the Invest Talk YouTube channel. 
We're heading to a break. My phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Corey in Monterey. How you doing, Corey? Hey, great, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you. Yeah, I had a question on Cardinal Health, uh, CAH. It's a small position in my portfolio, and uh, the reason why I bought it was kind of for the dividend um, and, and as well as I like the sector uh, for, for health huh? services uh, and kind of distribution. Um, I, uh-huh. I guess my question is, what are your thoughts on the company and kind of the sector overall, and, and would you ever, uh, where would you add to this position? I actually like Cardinal Health uh, a lot. Distributes branded and generic pharmaceuticals, over-the-counter health, healthcare, and consumer products. Okay, they have increased their earnings every year for years now. Even during the COVID period, they they increased their earnings during the shutdown year. You know, during that they still increased their earnings, which was pretty pretty impressive. Of course, you know they're a non-cyclical type company. Of course, they pay a four percent dividend. And I like the fact that it's a $48.93 stock or a $49 stock, and they're going to make $6.22 next year. Okay, so that means you're well below 10, like an 8 PE. And the range, the five-year range is 7 to 18. So it's right near its lowest range, really high return on equity of 91%. The only little negative about it is their debt that I don't yep. like. You know, that's the only, if I wanted to be, pick out something, that would be it. I mean, they're growing their earnings 13%, the most recent quarter, 16% before that, flat before that, 5%. I mean, they're growing their earnings pretty steadily. And it's right near its low. So it's hard for me to say, well, I wouldn't buy it. I, I think this is where you would buy it. And the, you know, low 40s, mid 40s. I mean that's that's ideal. It's at forty eight ninety three, so and it's come off a forty five eighty five low. So so I think this is where you do buy it. So if you were gonna buy it, I'd buy some now. Appreciate the call. Cardinal Health, C A H is a symbol, everybody. C A H. And yeah, it hasn't done great, but man, while you're waiting for it to just go to a normal PE range, midpoint of their PE range, you're going to get 4%. It's hard to beat that. Time for another break. I want you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk every Friday on the program and the podcast. Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888 So, why own bonds when yields are so low? Now, maybe we need to look at it a little bit differently. 
Why own bonds at all compared to stocks? Remember, out there, always keep in the back of your mind, there's competition for dollars between bonds and stocks. Always competition. So the more yield bonds pay, the more attractive they are because there's a yield on stocks, an earnings yield on stocks, a yield that is much higher than bonds. But as bonds yields go up, that yield on stocks looks less attractive. The reason why the yields are so high on stocks is because they have, over history, have produced a good 9%, 10% yield overall per year. Why would I want to own a bond that produces 2 or 3%? Well, the main answer that all of us come to or know about is because they're a lot safer than stocks, and they are. Stocks are a lot more volatile. But over time, stocks are earning you a lot more money. So we are at a historical low yield right now for bonds. Bonds are very yield. Most times, people, when they talk about the yields of stocks, we, we start with the 10-year treasury. Long-term average of 10-year treasury is about 3%, similar to uh, inflation, maybe a little higher than that, similar to inflation. Um, when the yield on the bonds is lower than inflation, you're losing money, even though you're getting a yield from the bond. So inflation is 6%, and the 10-year treasury is paying you less than 3 you're losing half your buying power every year, but just by owning the bond. So we're at a very unusual time in history when bond yields are so low, especially when inflation has picked up like it has. Because usually bonds will stay up with inflation. And we don't have that situation now. We really don't. So, you know, we're looking at what? One and a half, two percent on the one and a half, one and three quarters on the ten-year treasury right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to get into specifics because you know I do that every Friday. I give you the every week. I tell you exactly what it is. Um, but the, we're trying to understand why bonds, why we should own bonds versus owning stocks. Remember, stocks can go down 50%. 2008 went down 50%. 2019, during the COVID uh, thing, one month it went down 37%. It has to be 500. One month. You don't see bonds doing that kind of, well, well, it does occasionally, I have to admit. But generally it doesn't. If you buy the bond, hold it maturity, you'll get your par back and interest share. Pretty darn reliable. So, What's going to make bonds go up? Well, the Federal Reserve tightening money. The Federal Reserve uh, increasing the only bond, only interest rate they control is the overnight rate to banks when they lend money to banks. And that's the only rate they control. All other rates are controlled by the public. But as the Fed, you know, think about it. The Fed pushes its overnight rate to the banks down to zero. The banks can lend money out pretty cheap and still make a lot of money. Because money doesn't cost them anything. So they tend to compete, the banks, and they lower their competing. They're out there. They lower their rates, the more the interest rates they charge customers. And that's what happens to drive it down. Now, when the Fed starts raising that overnight rate, the banks say, well, gee, I guess we need to raise our rates too. Or 
On the other hand, inflation starts eating to the, into the bank's return. They start to think about, I need to get more more yield on my bond, on, on the loans I make. I need to make more money on those things. See, so there's all those little different pressures, but the Fed also can buy bonds out in the marketplace. And what that does is put bonds on their balance sheet and gives whoever owned those bonds lots of cash. That's 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 what we talk about when the bank is very easy money policy. It's putting cash into people's hands, businesses' hands, and they got to do something with it. it. So the banks is competing out there. I mean, the Federal Reserve is competing out there for bonds, also driving down interest rates. It's 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 not a simple thing, but it's very understandable. So when is that going to turn around and the interest rates start to rise? Well, when the Fed gets out of the marketplace buying the bonds and the Fed starts raising rates. Rates will start to start to increase. And the natural market out there, supply and demand, competition, will set the rates of all the bonds. Remember, the Fed Fed does not Fed does not control the rates. Okay? Okay, we have all seen the news that there are plenty of jobs available now, but if you are in the market to switch jobs, landing the job you most want may take some skill, and then you need to be smart about it. What kind of skills? So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Even when job applicants are skilled in the required areas, a hiring manager may choose to pass on that person. So... What are the three reasons people don't get hired for a job? At the break, I will supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing 
by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, I gave you a terrific question before the break. Okay, and that was, um, let's see, uh, about jobs. Okay, before the break, I gave you the terrific question. Even when job applications are skilled in the required areas, a hiring manager may choose to pass on that person for three main reasons, three reasons that are most quoted. Okay, so... If the phrase uh, interview process conjures up the image of chatting with hiring managers to win their over, win them over and career experts and all that kind of stuff, there you have to understand what you're doing. You know, you if you want that job, there's things you can do to improve it that to me make perfect common sense. Okay, so now this is a recent survey by 500 hiring managers. And it's conducted by Moneypenny, a corporate a corporate answering service. It looked into the reasons people don't get hired and found three red flags. One, having a lack of passion for the company. Let's say you go into an interview and you, you're just going to interview to get the job. You know nothing about the company. You know nothing about who runs it, who's in charge, what direction they're going, what their main products, do they have new products coming out? Anything like, you know nothing about that. You just sit there and answer the questions, and you don't even discuss how exciting the company might be for you because of these different things that they're doing. You have to show interest. Makes perfect sense to me. Being late to the interview. Now, I have hired many hundreds of people in my career, and I never hired one who was late to an interview. You're late, you're done. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want you to come in. I don't want to talk to you at all. If you can't make the effort to be on time, why? What makes some um, a hiring manager think that, gee, maybe you'll be on time for every day you come to work? Or maybe you won't be so maybe maybe you won't be as cavalier. Remember, this is the first opportunity for you to make an impression, and that's the impression you're making. Why would I hire you? Third, displaying poor phone or email etiquette. Now, if you really want a job, 
at a company. When, after the interview process, after you're done and been interviewed, wouldn't it make sense for you to thank them and express, uh, express your concerns or any questions that you may not have answered that they might have, uh, that you know, you're still very interested and you, you would love the opportunity to work for the company and excited about it, you can do that by an email or, you know, my, my day when it first came out, a, a letter was common, but also a phone call, follow up. That shows the person who's hiring you that you have interest. Now, that's if you want the job. Okay? If you don't want the job, don't do any of that. Now, if you're smart and you want the job, you will pay very close attention to these three things because it's true. It's true. And if you're going to interview with some older people, you need to dress the part. You can't be cavalier about how you look. It's important how you look. You want it, They want you to, to have an image that the company wants to have public-facing. Now, if it's a tech company, that's different than if it's old line insurance company. They're all, they, you know, it depends. You have to, you know, project the image they want. And you need to understand that that's what, that's what the job is all about. Anyways, let's keep moving and pivot back to an InvestTalk voice bank question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Brad from New Jersey. Thank you for all that you guys do. I listen to your show every day to and from work. I had two questions. If someone were considering joining KPP Financial and having you guys manage their money, what exactly happens? Does all the stocks that we have in our portfolio now, do you sell them and put what you guys currently have based on your choices? Just trying to figure out more about that. And the second question is about the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. I was wondering if you guys had maybe an old sample somewhere, maybe on the website that we could take a look at just to kind of see how it works and what it's all about. Again, thank you for all that you guys do. Love the podcast. Take care. Well, sure, those are good questions. If, on the newsletter, if you want to see a copy of an old one or the most recent one, uh, just send me an email. We will send you a copy of the most recent email, uh, newsletter we sent out. Well, I don't mind sharing those. So give you an idea what it looks like. As far as the first question, when someone comes aboard, our custodian that we use is TD Ameritrade. So if you're at some other custodian than that, we'd have to open up a new account, help you open up an account. We would send you the paperwork and open up the new account, then transfer your old account to the new account. Okay? Uh, and then when you have positions that come over in that new account, we have we happen to call them orphans. Uh, we call them orphans because, you know, maybe we don't love them, maybe we do, but we will take care of them until we think it's time for them to leave the nest. In other words, if there are positions that we like that you own, we will hold on to them for a period of time. But the object is to get you into the same position we have for ourselves, for all our clients in the particular program that you're in, because we want your performance to be exactly as my performance. So the, we're eventually going to get you on board with our stocks. Hopefully, you you own some of our O's uh, that we already own, but yeah, you know, not necessarily. So yeah, we will take we will sell those stocks if none of them are the ones that we already own, but we won't do it all immediately. 
Okay. Now, and also, you know, there's been cases where clients says, I really don't want to sell this stock or that stock. I just want to hold it in my portfolio. And we will do that on a case-by-case situation. And we just won't make that part of our managed part of the account that we're holding for you. In other words, we can exclude it from management. In other words, you just leave it there and leave it alone. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The Fed is meeting, okay? And the question is, are they behind the curve on inflation? More and more people are saying so. Remember, all throughout last year, or this year, really, all throughout this year, the Fed have been saying that the high inflation rate is transitory. It's going to pass. It will go away. Okay. Well, we haven't seen any evidence of that. In the most recent month, it was higher than what the month had been most of the year. So it's not been transitory so far. They've also said or pledged they will address inflation if it jeopardizes the economy. So they've said that. Now, the question is, is inflation jeopardizing the economy? And remember, they're meeting right now. We're going to know tomorrow. What what will they do? What do they do if they think it is jeopardizing the economy? What will they do? I can tell you what they're going to do. If they feel inflation is not under control and it's going to stay high or go higher, they will start to raise interest rates to slow the economy down. Now, of course, the stock market will react immediately. Doesn't like that at all, Right. So is it, what does the stock market think they're going to do? Well, I don't think the stock market really knows. I think that they're nervous, and you can tell by the last week or so that in two weeks, the stock market's been bouncing around a lot. So I think they're nervous, and we'll get a better idea after the Fed meeting when they make their announcement. So I don't know. I think the, I think the Fed is behind the curve. I think that uh, they should have started tightening some time ago. I mean, very, very slowly, but tightening. Not necessarily raising interest rates. They got to finish. They got to stop buying bonds in the public, uh, which is in a sense reducing their loose money policy. They got to stop that first before they even think about raising rates. Now. There is a school of thought said, well, they should just keep buying bonds and they should raise the rates first instead of buying and slowing down their bond buying first. There, there's a different school of thought. Can't argue whether that makes more sense or less sense. I'm, I don't know. I wish I was smarter. Let's grab another uh, voice bank question, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Ronin and I'm calling from St. Louis. I'm a fairly new investor. I've been hearing your show for about a year now. I'm interested in two stocks, Blink Charging, B-L-I-N-K, and Plug Power, P-L-U-G. Just wanted to know your thoughts if I should sell or hold. Thank you. Okay, let's take a look at, uh, let's see, Blink. Uh, Blink, B-L-N-K. B-L-N-K is the symbol. Okay, Blink Charging Company uh, owns, operates, and, and provider of electric vehicle charging equipment and network EV charging services. Uh, the stock is selling at $29.97 a share, and it has lost money every year since its existence. 
It's going to lose $1.25 this year after losing five. This is per share. After losing 59 cents last year, 38 cents before that year, and next year it's going to lose $1.46 more. Now, sales growth has been pretty sharp. Uh, it grew 600% in the most recent quarter. How much sales did that equate to? $6 million. So, so it's a very, very small sales for a company worth $1.2 billion. Um, I'm thinking I, I, it has no interest for me. It really doesn't. Um, I think that whole area is an area that is in, is a good area to be in because there's nothing but it should be growth in that area. But it owns and operates and, provi- and, and provider of electric vehicle charging equipment. I kind of like that because there's a lot of electric vehicles out there. I just have to look look into the competition. That's what I would look at. And what makes their products more valuable or less valuable and what's their profit margin. Those things, I don't like the fact that it's been losing money for so many years in a row while electric vehicles have been getting more and more and more popular and it's going to lose more money next year. Now, maybe it's because it's growing so fast it has to buy supplies and that's why they're not making money yet. And that's a good thing. Eventually, sales continue, then they'll make start making money. So, negative cash flow. Management owns 17%, like that. That a lot. Okay, I want to take a few minutes to talk about KPP Financial, if I can, just a minute or two. I promise to make it fast. Um, that, you know, that will benefit you. Um, and I'll remind you uh, here on Investor that we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And one of those things that we 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 operate under is what we call parallel investing, meaning I buy and sell the same things for myself as I do for my clients in the various programs. Now, we have a number of programs, five, and one's very, very conservative, and a couple are pretty darn aggressive. So we have the, we run the gamut from conservative to less, to moderate, to aggressive. We run the gamut. So I'm in every one of those programs, and you can decide which program you want to be. But whatever program you choose, just know that everybody in that program, including myself, own the same thing. Okay? So we think it's important to know. Remember, we're in Irvine, California, which is between L.A. and San Diego. But we can, we, we have, you know, we're SEC registered, so we can do business all across the country. Um, and we are not pushy. We're not one of those kind of companies. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, you know, Justin and I... We will help you if you just want some feedback. We'll help you with it. We'll help you. We'll take a look at your portfolio, tell you how risky it is, try to figure out how risky you want to be, and we have different tools for that. Um, and then answer some basic questions about whether or not you are you know, on target with your risk profile with what you want and what you're invested in. That's up, you know, we, and there's no obligation. We will help you. We prom- I promise we will help you. This is Invest Talk. Justin and I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about it. You know, we're what? We're we're getting quite a few downloads, and we really appreciate that. We're going to play another caller question here in about 30 seconds, so hang on. 
Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. Steve and Justin are fearless. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. And how's it going, Steve and Justin? Been listening for a while, and I got a question on SVC, Service Property Trust. It's a REIT, and I've been investing in it since about $5. I'm just wondering if these REITs for, like, hotels are good to stay in, or should I just go ahead and get out of it and look for something else? All right, thanks. Well, of course, it depends on how it fits in your portfolio and whether or not, you know, it, it it is something that you want to hold on for a long time. It's a read. Real Estate Investor Trust that owns 310 hotels with 49,014 rooms or suites and in 17 uh, centers, 17 centers, 39 states, and in Canada. So um, it's going to make money a dollar sixty-five next year after losing a dollar one this year, but it made a dollar twenty-three last year. This stock has usually makes three, four dollars a share for years. It was doing that. Now it's back up to a dollar sixty-five next year. It only pays a half percent interest. Eight dollars sixty cents stock, so it's fairly low priced. And sales growth are pretty sharp in the last couple of quarters. I think I'd hold on to it. I think I'd hold on. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want that. I want that. Everybody wants that. So let's try to get there. 888-99-CHART is our number. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 8899 chart. Let's talk to, talk to Jacob in Chicago. Jacob, how you doing? Good. How are you? Nice to I'm talk good. To you. I appreciate their call. Thank you. Thank you for all you guys do. Um, my question today was about Norwegian Cruise Lines. Uh, it's something I've been interested in all year and followed closely. Uh, they've been uh, pushed down in the recent last four to five months um, from their 52-week high. And uh, to me, I've been just chart following it. It seems like it's found its bottom, and I just wanted to know your opinion on that stock and uh, if you feel uh, it's got lower to go or do you think it's found its bottom and hopefully it'll trend up. Well, I think around 14 or 14 and a half dollars a share is probably the bottom. Uh, it's at twenty dollars and thirty four cents. Um, I will say this on a shorter term basis, this is close to the bottom. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, but I like to look at it a bit longer because, you know, cruise, it's cruise, everybody. WC, I mean, not W. NCLH is the symbol. It's uh, Norwegian Cruise Ships, operates cruise line. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> and everybody knows why they're suffering. Just let me put it this way. And it's before COVID, this stock was always around $50, $60 a share. 
Now, is it going to go turn to that area? Well, maybe it can't get there for a long time, but it's at $20 a share now. I think it can easily get to $30 or the mid-30s even, $35 without too much difficulty. The big question is how much debt did they are they going to have to take on, right, to survive COVID, really? That's the other issue. And is there going to be any more COVID outbreaks that is going to shut down these ships? That That's their biggest overhang. I, I kind of think they'll make it. I mean, sales were huge, $153 million in the most recent quarter. When the quarter before that was $4 million, the quarter before that was $3 million. A year ago, it was $9 million. Now it's $153 million in the most recent quarter. So they need that sales to do that, and it is. And if they survive, this stock's going higher. Just now, Jacob, is how long do you want to wait for that to happen? How long will it take? That's really the issue. I think it's going to take a few more years, but... You know, I think I think if they can survive, I, I think they're going much higher. I do. Just take some time. Jake, appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, Toyota is going to spend $70 billion to, for its cars to be electrified, or their fleet, I should say, to electrify their fleet. Over, over the next month, they're going to spend 1.29 billion on a on a battery plant in North Carolina. So now, they're also Toyota is also the the largest car maker, but the also the most or the least optimistic about <coughs> excuse me electric cars. Don't misunderstand me; they are optimistic. They think their electric cars is going to be a big, huge wave of the future. But they're also placing bets on uh, different technologies. They're, they're placing a big bet on hybrids, gas and electric. And also, um, what is it, the uh, hydrogen engine. So they're, they're not just putting all their bets on electric cars. But they do think, they and just so you know, by 2030, where a lot of car companies think it's going to be, you know, 80, 90% of their fleet's going to be electric, they only think about a third of their fleet, new sales will be electric by 2030. So they're taking a little bit more conservative attitude. And I find that, I find that more in line with my thinking because... You know, you've heard me complain. How are we going to electrify all these new cars? Uh, how, how? What are we going to do with? Uh, do we have the proper battery technology that will support all these new cars? That kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of issues here. Do we have the infrastructure for this in place? And will we have it in place in the next five, seven years? I don't think so. Anyways, interesting stuff. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's a free podcast download, you know that. Uh, so get yours anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and if you do uh, rate us on iTunes, you can ask a question. We'll get to it right away. We would appreciate you rating us. Independent thing is share success. This is Talk, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy your evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 